makes it a little slightly confusing. That will also happen today, but it's a great passage. So, um, so yeah, it's been a great, uh, I don't know, I'm speaking for myself, it's been a great journey through First John. I'm always slightly sad when we end, end books because, I don't know, because it's been so good to learn more about who God is. Um, but we'll do it anyway. I titled it, We Know Victory in Christ. So I was going to, I was not going to do that, but maybe I'll do it in the newsletter. Like all the time he says, we know in the letter. is A lot of times. It's because he wants to encourage them all that they know what's true. Because they have the right teaching from John on who Jesus is. So they know. He's just writing to them, encourage them, encourage them again. So today we will read from the Bible, verses 18 through the end of the book. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning. But he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. And we know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. In his son, Jesus Christ, he is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourself from idols. So it's clear you shouldn't be watching idols on TV. No, that's not joking. I don't think that's what John meant. Um, that was not the meaning for the original audience. Um, no. Um, three main points. Jesus' victory over sin, verse 18. Jesus' victory over the devil, verse 19. Jesus' victory over death, verses 22 to 21. And 21 is... People say just thrown in there. It seems like why is he kind of shows that Jesus has victory over all things and there's only true life in Jesus. So he says we've been we know that everyone who is born of God does not keep on sinning, but he was born of God, protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. I mean, John is wrapping up this letter and he is giving in these few verses all the encouragement that he's already been giving and he's like giving it even more because he's going to move into what he has done in his gospel, like even his prologue to his gospel. He says the word was with God, the word was God. So he's already then doing Trinitarian things, and he will definitely do that here too. And last time when we talked about this, or maybe that's some guy in school, when he talks about the spirit of the truth, but Jesus said he was the truth. So we're mixing, we're not mixing, but he's talking Trinitarian language here. That's also why 
sometimes it can be confusing to know who he's talking about. He's talking about God the Father, God the Son. And everyone will say, yes, we just don't exactly know all the time who's who. But as he says, we'll get there. Jesus is also divine and is also God. So fitting into John, we, I've been going like this side, this side. So there's a side in the, uh, that's been infiltrating or influencing the church to say you, can, you don't have to look at my life. I can do whatever I want. I, don't, I can keep on sinning. So as he's giving this encouragement, he's like, no, that's not true. He's encouraging that that is false teaching and saying, no, people who are really born of God, they will stop sinning and they won't defend their sin. So he's even in this great encouraging, he's still rebuking the false teachers, saying like, no, that's not true. That's not how to live. And then he, I think he really goes into it and he says, well, it's not that, it's, and that was good for the song, it's not like we just do stop doing it. No, it's Jesus' victory over sin. Jesus is the one who has a victory over our sin. And so we have to, he does not keep on sinning. So that's, and it's such an encouragement that we don't, well, I'm not getting, I'm all over the place, but one thing at a time. But Jesus, he was born of God, protects him, and the evil one doesn't touch him. So it's not our victory, it's Jesus' victory over us. And then we are protected by Jesus. And so, so there's a rebuke against the false teachers, and then there's this strong encouragement that we don't have to think that we cannot conquer sin. Well, we can't, but Jesus did, and in him we can defeat sin. There's no sin so strong that he can defeat Jesus Christ. Because Jesus has defeated sin. He gave himself up and covered sin in his blood. If we believe in Jesus, we can be set free from sin and join Jesus in his victory over sin. And we are longing for that. And you would say, it's taken a while. Yes, it's taken a while. But we don't excuse our sin, we fight against it in Jesus. And that refines us. And that's good news because the fight against sin that we fight in Jesus and we can put sin to death through the Holy Spirit because the victory is won. We will not keep on sinning. But as he writes in Philippians, we are made perfect when we see Jesus. So it's going to take a while. But there's final victory in Jesus. And sin will stop. And then how does this work? Well, that's the second part, the protection we have. Because Jesus has one victory over Satan. And Jesus protects us from the evil one. And this is such a beautiful picture that the devil can't even touch us. Because Jesus has won 
over sin and Satan is defeated and he can't even touch us. That's why we can sing that song, I can fear no evil. Why? Because Jesus protects us. Because he has won over Satan's sin and later on death. So Jesus protect us. What an encouragement it is for those people at that time, but also for us, that as they are persecuted and will be persecuted, and there's false teachers, you know the right teachers will stop sinning and won't protect their sin, and they are protected from evil, or protected from uh, the the evil one, and only what the Lord has they will incur. What encouragement, like what encouragement is that for us if we really believe this? This is one of those things where if you sing that song and you're like opening your eyes and you look around, like I feel a lot of things. Like, <laughs> like where is it that this verse can actually help us? I mean, we, we talked about it at home is that, well, if we really believe that Jesus has one victory and that God's sovereign and he's all over all, all over all things, omnipotent, omnipowerful, well then whatever comes our way has come through the hands of God. And so whatever that will be might not be pleasant all the time, but it will still be God in control. And somehow he protects us and somehow he is sovereign and all of it we can just shake so much of our fears away. Not by ourselves sitting in the closet and be like, I don't fear. No, but look into the cross and in Jesus saying, I don't need no fear. I, I, don't, I, need, I don't need to fear because Jesus has won victory over sin and Satan. I don't have to fear. This was slightly confusing to me, but that's even why it's more important that the evil one cannot touch us because we live in a world where it looks like there's plenty of evil. We know we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So the encouragement in John is in the first part and he contrasts like he normally does. The great encouragement, guys, is that, or guys and girls and people he raised to, he's saying, we know we are from God. We have been born of God and new in Christ. We are God's people. And we can go like, yes, we are in God's hands. <laughs> we are God's people. And the whole world you live in is in the power of the evil one. John, I thought we were on the encouraging path. But that's what we live in. That's the reality. And so I had to get some help on this one. It's like, what does that mean? I mean, I know that kind of what it means. But it means that even as Satan is asking Jesus, like I have been giving all these things and all these people are blind and you can, you can just worship me. I can give you all this stuff. Well, 
So how is it that the people are, or the whole world is in the power of the one? Well, because if the Holy Spirit has not awakened people, they're in blindness and darkness and under the influence of the evil one. That's how the whole world is in the evil one's power. I think I have a slide here. Yes. The world lies in the power of and abiding in the wicked one as the resting place and the lord of his slaves compared abides in death. So this world is in death. We are true. We are in him who is true. While the believer has been delivered out of this power, the whole world lies helpless and motionless still, just as it was, including the wise, the great, respectable, and all who are not one by vital union in Christ. And as believers, we know this. But we have to understand that the encouragement is that we are gods and we do see, but there's so many people who don't. And they are still under the influence of the evil one because they have not had their eyes opened. John, he continues, and he says, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourself from idols. We know, like again, it's only we know, not just know, we know that Son of God has come. Why? To give us understanding. To give us victory over blindness that gives understanding. You know, the world is in blindness and darkness, but Jesus came so we can have, he had victory over those so we don't have to be blind. And so that he gives us understanding. And he let us know who God really is. Because he showed us. The true one. Not only are we in him who is true. We're in God and in his son Christ Jesus. Who is true God and eternal life. I mean this is one of those times where you're like. We talked about who do you pray to. And who is who. And how do they overlap. Here, John, uh, if uh, my my Greek is not good enough, but most people would say it's a very difficult to understand exactly what he means here. But he's got to be talking about Jesus being God and the one who gives eternal life, which is not a surprise if we have read his gospel. But for the many people who deny that Jesus is God also in the false teaching, 
the believers are encouraged, you are from God. And Jesus, the Son of God, came to give you understanding so you'll be awakened out of darkness into true life. And in Christ, you are in who the true God is. And in him, you have eternal life. Then you might say, what more do we need? <laughs> what more do we need? This is all the encouragement that we should, we should get. But do we really know? Do we really understand like he started? Do we really know God? Do we really believe that Jesus has conquered sin? Do we really believe that he conquered the devil? Do we really believe that he has conquered death and in him is eternal life? Amen. And then he comes to the last part, and do we worship only the true God? Because he says, with all these things that you've been given from God, there's no way you should go back to living in darkness and worshiping idols carved of men and turn out to be like the idols. Dumb, mute, and lifeless. This is a strong encouragement not to go back to that. No, no, you have eternal, real life in God, in his son, Jesus. Don't go back to worshiping statues and idols. They are dumb or mute and dumb and there's no life in them. They cannot answer any of your prayers. But in Jesus, it's victory over sin, Satan, death, and eternal life. Many people in the West will say, well, I would not worship idols like that. I am smarter than that because now we live 2,000 more years and we don't worship like statues. Well, some places in the world, people still do that. But maybe to hit it a little bit closer to home for us, as one person put it, worshiping idols is putting our hope trust in something else than God. It might not be bad things. For most believers, it's not bad things. For most in the world, it will be oneself. I trust myself. I believe I can do things myself. For some people, it's their, uh, it's their husband or wife. I'll lean on them. They'll help me through. They'll complete me. No, they won't. For some people, it's their children. They put everything on their children to be the ones that will make them happy. We should pray for those children. That would not be good. For some people, it's the hope of a job. For some people, it's money and status. But as physical idols none of them 
can bring life, put sin to death, have victory over Satan, and give true life and eternal life. What happens, which we see sometimes in our Western culture, is that when we worship people as God, those people will be destroyed. We see it a lot with famous people who end up divorced, on drugs, and in jail. And it's happened so many times. People are not supposed to be worshipped. They're also not all-powerful and can't give any of the things that, that God can in Jesus. And when we do that, we break the first commandment of the Ten Commandments. And the first commandment, Jesus said, is that don't have any other gods before me. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And you're not doing that and we put, if we put a hope and faith and trust in other things than God. God has shown us who Jesus is. And he's shown himself in him. And he is the one who's worthy. Not all those weird people on TV and other things. No, he is worthy of all our worship because he conquered sin, Satan, and death. And he's always worthy of all our praise. And that's why we can rejoice because God has made him known for us. And the evil one doesn't even have power. He can't destroy it, the evil one. Myers even read, he fell from heaven. That's where all of the, what Paul's been, not Paul, because he's called John, has been encouraging the believers, don't believe the false teaching. If you are a believer, you love one another. And if you are, you are a child of God. And you have eternal life. So, then we can enjoy God, we can have that rejoicing and we can worship Jesus by the Holy Spirit and as we are reminded about who Jesus is we can love as Christ loved because we are in him and our office as the song and as ourselves, but we can't do that no we can't, but Jesus has done it and in him we can you might object and say, but it is such a slow process. Yes, slow. Maybe so. But let there be process and let there be fruit. And maybe we don't always see it, but the Lord is faithful. If you don't see that in your life and you don't know Jesus, this is a perfect moment to, to just consider all the things I said. Do you want true life? Do you want a life with actually true life that gives meaning? you want to worship a God who has conquered Satan and death and sin so you can be set free? Well, I'll ask that you will, just like the first chapters, it's like you will plead and say, please come to know Jesus. We are his ambassadors and we want you to have the same joy that we have in Christ. We have eternal life in Christ now. 
we can glory and worship. That's why we can also, I said, that's why we can clap. That's why we can rejoice with one another. Because Jesus is one. We haven't. Jesus is one. We participate in his victory. And we can rest in his work and eternal life. Well, that's kind of what I said, but it's still somebody else said it. But. Oh, this one I like. Christ is the only expressed image of God's person, which is sanctioned to only two visible manifestations of God. All of our presentations are of God are forbidden as idols. So when we look to Jesus, He. Oh, there's so two great verses. He is the exact image of God. And we can know who God is. Know that he's one over Satan, sin, and death and offered eternal life. That is John's encouragement to us. Let's receive it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together in your word and in John. Thank you for all this you're doing. I pray for all of us. Like, just give, not just, give us great joy in who you are. You've shown us who you are, eternal Lord God, and your son. And Jesus, you defeated sin, Satan, the wrath of God, and you give us eternal life. Lord, I ask that we would just rejoice in that and be so overcome with who you are that we'd be transformed from one degree to glory to the next until you're coming back. Give us the grace and mercy and the joy and love for you and one another that we will do that by your courage and your strength in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, today, um, Veronica has made food, so don't run away. But before that, we get the uh, medley, medley benediction that I put together myself. Um, but if you have questions, comments, you want somebody to pray with you, don't run away. Just ask. If you have questions, please ask people. Because uh, we don't want to just like, you stood up there and talked for half an hour. I had no idea what you're talking about. Come and ask. We always want to point people to Jesus. It's not about you doing better or being a better or something. No, it's about you seeing who Jesus is, and that will transform all of us. So let's stand up and receive the benediction for Romans and First Timothy. Now, mighty God, I hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope from Timothy to the king of the ages immortal invisible the only true God be honor and glory forever and ever amen